We're finally going to take a look at some pitchers. As promised from yesterday's show, I realized that I hadn't been doing pitcher breakdowns for whatever reason, but today we will. And also, like we talked about yesterday, we're going to look in the bullpen. We're going to do another two-for-one. Today, we are going to discuss Joe Jimenez, do a deep dive on his career year, and then also Jose Cisnero as he kind of heads into a weird part of his career as well. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Benley. Today is Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, so as we said in the cold open, going to take a look at some bullpen pieces in this one. Definitely wanted to talk Joe Jimenez. Um, and I think that Joe... We all know that that he had a phenomenal season, had a career year, to, to be honest with you. For my money, the best year of his career. And it could not have come at a more strange time as far as the timeline of the Detroit Tigers and the timeline of his years of service and everything. So we're going to discuss that and, and talk about his year, break down his year, but also talk about the future and, and what holds in the uh well just with joe jimenez and the tigers organization and then we're going to take a look at jose cisnero i think is also at a weird point in his career coming off of the injury how we pitched this year it's all very odd uh so let, let's start with jose cisnero actually i think that that's a good place to start and we can save joe for uh for, for the end but you know weird year <laughs> i thought i was gonna say something profound there that was that was different than what I had been saying, but no, it's just it's a weird season. It's a really weird season, man. Um, Jose Cisnero in twenty twenty was a really good pitcher and kind of had a coming out party for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, picked him up. He was already in his thirties and kind of reinvented himself and and had a really strong and effective season. But he was strong and, and effective in twenty twenty. Because he had pretty good strikeout numbers, uh, really high K rate as compared to the rest of his career, but also just compared to baseball in 2020. Weird season, shortened year, I know. But we have what we have, and, and that's what we have to work with. So didn't walk too many players, struck out quite a bit, had a really good whiff percentage, was getting swings and misses a lot, was get getting hit decently hard when he was getting hit in 2020. But at, for the most part... He wasn't getting hit, so it didn't really matter, and he put together a really effective season. I think people were really excited about him going into 2021, where then we get a phenomenal season from Jose Cisnero. 2021, he had a 3.65 ERA, which I understand is he had a 3 ERA, just over a 3 ERA in 2020. I understand that's a little bit higher, but the optics of uh, of everything else, I, I think that this was really... This was a, a just an unbelievably effective season because the strikeout numbers, yes, they took a dip. The whiff percentage plummeted, right? But he made adjustments and just really relied heavily on the sinker and relied heavily on that that slider. And the shape of that slider gets a lot of ground balls. 
And he just turned into a ground ball out aficionado. When looking at his ground ball percentage by season, right, in his career, he, well, I mean, to be honest with you, in 2013, he threw 43 innings, had a ground ball percentage of 37%. And then really, until 35 innings in 2019, didn't really have, didn't play Major League Baseball, really, from 2013 to 2019 there. Uh, so we jump forward down to 2019, 37% ground ball percentage. 2020, in the really good season, 36.8% ground ball percentage. Then in 2021, the K per nine went down. The walk per nine went up. The whiff percentage plummeted. However, the ground ball rate went up to almost 46%. And that is why he was still so effective in 2021. And, you know, he appeared in 67 games. He was one of our more used relievers. Really strong season. 3.65 ERA, like I said. War for relievers, I don't really care about too much. Like, if it's it's apparent... That, that, you know, you put up a two-win season as a reliever, you're going to turn my head and I'm going to be like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. But, you know, 0.8 war in 2020 in the shortened season, half a win in 2021, whatever. We're kind of just like nitpicking there. You're splitting hairs. So we're going to take more of a look at the other numbers. And they, they were really solid in 2020 and 2021. Different reasons, which was kind of a head scratcher, but they were effective. He was effective, rather. and. In 2022, he gets hurt in the offseason, heading into the season, gets hurt, really unfortunate. The timetable of when he's going to return keeps getting pushed back. He finds himself on the 60-day. Then he returns. He ends up logging 25 innings. He appears in 28 games. His K per nine is the lowest it has been in his entire career, and his walk per nine is comfortably the highest it has been in his entire career, like not even remotely close. His career walk per nine is 4.73. In 2022, his walk per nine was 6.84. And that's, again, attached to an 8.28 K per nine, which is the lowest in his career. He was somewhat close to striking out and walking the same amount of batters, which is just can't happen. But then... He had an ERA of 1.08 and did not give up a single home run in 25 innings. Now, 25 innings is not some crazy high number. It's a pretty low, smaller sample size, right? Especially when you're comparing it to the innings that are in the 60s that he had in 2021. I mean, heck, in, you know, in the shortened season of 2020, he, he pitched more innings then than he did in 2022. So this is kind of a, uh, that that's what's why it's so weird. That adds to it. That's why it's, it's such an, uh, uh, I almost said interesting, a fascinating conversation to have because all of his numbers were down and yet his ERA was one <laughs> and his expected ERA 3.91, his FIP, 3.67 his xfip 5.09 like he, he 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 his whiff numbers were down after again a previous the previous season in which they were already down but then his hard hit rate was comfortably the lowest it has been as his entire career 27.4 percent hard hit rate is not even in the same stratosphere as any other hard hit rate in 2021 
He was in the 91st percentile in hard hit rate against, and that was 32.1. This was 5% better than that. Again, much different sample size. I I, I promise I'm taking that into account, but it's just his season was so odd. I, I never felt like it was the Jose Cisnero of 2020 or 2021, and yet he had a one ERA in 25 innings. Again, small sample size, but it's also not like nine innings. You know, it's it's like a, a third-ish, a little more than that, maybe a little less than half of a, of a sample size, right? I don't know. Like, it, it, it's just, it's such a weird conversation to have. Average exit velocity, the lowest in his career. So he wasn't getting hit hard, but he was also walking everybody under the sun and could not get a swing and a miss or a strikeout. So all the balls were being put in play, but they were very ineffective when put in play. They were weak ground balls. Weird season. Weird season. I think when looking ahead, uh, you know, his slider was also different this year. I said looking ahead and then completely just went on a different tangent. Uh, My apologies. ADHD moment. But uh, his slider had a little bit of a different shape this season. Uh, A little bit more movement vertically, which, again, if if that's effective, go for it. It It was a more effective pitch. So, like, that's fine. But... It's just there's so much changing for a dude that by the start of next season is going to be 34 years old. And I I, I really I'm on the fence like I, I really am on the fence with Jose Cisnero. Just such a strange conversation and such a strange place to be at in your career. It's it's all it's all weird to me. And again, you have to remember because he didn't really have very many very much major league experience before. 2019, when he started getting decent innings for us out of the pen, he's still arbitration eligible. All right, like you still have him for team control if you want to. He's not even an unrestricted free agent. So you can take him into ARB or settle on a one-year deal or something, and and it's nothing. So we'll talk about the future of both of these dudes in the third and final segment, but Jose Cisnero is, is somewhat of an anomaly to me. A 1 ERA in 25 innings, a 0.1 war. A lot of walks, not a lot of Ks. Weird. Very weird. We'll talk about it more. I don't just want to keep saying the same thing over and over again and just keep talking about how weird it is because it is. So we'll talk about the future of him in the third and final segment. But first, I got to get to uh, telling you guys about our friends over at Roan. The dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way, from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf after work. It's awesome. It looks good. It's easy. It's wrinkle-free. The wrinkles actually disappear, so it's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle-release technology, wrinkles disappear as soon as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy, and that's real. It's actually crazy. Mine, you, you, the more you wear it, the less wrinkles it gets. It's unbelievable. I love it. And with Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, 
You'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaning all together. It's amazing, truly. So the commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next as well. So head to Roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off of your entire order. That's 20% off of your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E dot com slash locked on and use lock code locked on it's time to find your corner office comfort welcome back everybody segment two everybody like how i said office there yeah that's right i came through i said office correctly i almost didn't i I was really kind of worried leading up to, to having to say office there at the end i was really worried that I wasn't going to say correctly, but I did because I'm like that. All right. So we are talking relievers. We talked about Jose Cisnero when the first one. Let's talk about big Joe Jimenez. So Joe Jimenez had a, had a phenomenal season. Phenomenal for my money, the best year of his career. Uh, he had the second highest strikeout rate in his entire career. Second highest K per nine in his career with a 12.23 only topped by his 2019, in which he had a 12.37. However, he paired it with comfortably the lowest ERA of his career. Not even remotely close. A 3.49 ERA this season. First off, he has, a, he has even after this year, has a career ERA of 5.24. That's because in 2021, he had a 5.96 ERA. In 2020, the shortened season, he had a 7.15 ERA. And then in 2018 and 2019, he had a 4.31 and a 4.37 ERA, respectively. Um, he was lights out. His FIP this year was two. Two. Which means that he probably got a little even unlucky with the balls put in play. I'm sure Comerica, Comerica giveth and Comerica taketh away. Um, but he he really was lights out. Uh, above career average for ground ball rate. Left on base percentage, the second highest of his career as well. Home run to fly ball ratio, 6.5%. Comfortably the lowest in his career. Even after this season, it is 12%. Almost halved his home run to fly ball ratio. A lot of weak flyouts. Awesome to see. Walk per nine, 3.65 career walk per nine, even including this year in which he had a 2.06. You almost had a sub two walk per nine comfortably the best in his career as well. Home run per nine, only the second season in his career. It's been under one period. Uh, and it's been a, it's a one, three, two in his career this year. It was a 0.64 again, comfortably a career high. He was borderline dominant. And I think that there's a few reasons. I I mean, like I could just keep, we just talk about stats for 10 minutes and just talk about how good he was. So that's compared to himself, right? That's Joe Jimenez numbers compared to other Joe Jimenez numbers. And we talk about raising the bar and we want to raise the bar and, and, and really compare these dudes to the rest of baseball and the good players in baseball. And that should be the new bar. Well, Joe Jimenez was one of the best relievers in the game of baseball this year. Expected batting average against 74th percentile, expected slugging against 74th percentile, K percentage 95th percentile. 
He was in the top 5% in all of baseball in strikeout percentage, 83rd percentile in walk percentage, top 17%, uh, 82nd percentile in whiff percentage, top 18%, chase rate, 85th percentile. That slider was lethal this season. He got so many people to chase on the slider low and away. We talked about it all season, the tunneling, right? That was like a big thing that that we talked about as to why Joe Jimenez had, was so effective this year because his fastball was the best it has ever looked. And then pairing that with, if you're able to tunnel the four-seam fastball with that slider, whether it's low and away, in the strike zone, whatever, you're going to come out of it with, with a really effective one-two punch, and that's what he was able to do. 85th percentile in chase rate, top 15%. 94th percentile in fastball spin. One of the spinniest fastballs in baseball. If it spins more, it's harder to hit. That's objectively true. And this was one of, this is probably the best version of Joe Jimenez's fastball we've ever seen. It was lethal. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Fastball velocity, 81st percentile. Uh, one of his fast, one of his slowest, rather, forcing fastballs that he threw all season was just under league average for uh fastball velocity so he was well above that for most of the season um yeah i I mean he was lethal barrel percentage 40 39th rather percentile uh that's the only stat that in like average exit velocity is kind of paired with that 47th percentile middle of the road kind of in those two uh those are really the only ones but it, it doesn't matter if they're hitting you hard if they don't hit you ever. And that's what this was. He didn't walk anyone. He struck out everyone. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, if if you hit the ball hard when you can actually make contact with it, props to you. But like, it doesn't really matter if you can't hit the ball consistently. And opponents were not hitting the ball consistently against Joe Jimenez. So sorry to go on a little, I, I feel like there wasn't much analysis for the last couple of minutes, it was just me kind of reading you stats consistently. But I think that it's important because we talk about so much, you know, about that bar raising and, and everything. And, and we do it with on the negative side of all these players. You know, we talk about, oh, like, you know, they looked like they were, you thought they were good for our team. Well, just kidding. Look at this. They're actually like not even that good compared to the rest of baseball. It's important we do that with the positive ones too. And Joe Jimenez was one of the best relievers in the game of baseball for whatever it's worth, almost had a one and a half win season with war out of the bullpen. Unreal season. So taking a look at why he was so effective, A, we talked about the fastball spin. That was uh, one of the biggest things. And to me, well, is, I mean, that is that in the slider, I, I think are the two biggest reasons. When looking at his four-seam fastball, and the movement on it, um, it had a lot more movement than we have seen in some years past. And his fastball has always moved, but it moved even more this season, vertically and horizontally. Had a ton of movement. Some of the some of the most movement we've ever seen out of it. Like I said, so I think that that's a pretty sizable reason as to why he was so effective. And again, just the tunneling of that with the slider. Lethal. Lethal. The changeup, you know what? This season, it, it his changeup doesn't have insane movement. It's just, it's six miles an hour, five miles an hour slower than the, than the four-seam fastball. And when the four-seam fastball is as effective as it is, 
that becomes a decently effective pitch. But we talked about it pretty much every outing. This was a dude that really just drove home the point of tunneling the four-seam fastball and the slider. When you have a super spinny fastball, it's hard to tell the difference between the fastball and the slider because it spins so much. So as long as he maintains that, I expect this is just kind of like the new bar. I, I kind of just expect Joe Jimenez to be this or some variation, some something similar to what we saw from him this season. Um, every single pitch that he had in his arsenal, it's three, four-seam slider, change-up. Every single pitch uh, was either a net zero or a negative run value, which for pitchers is a good thing, right? You want less runs. And that's just a huge change of pace from the literally the rest of his career. <laughs> He's had a couple of years where like one pitch was really effective, but then the rest all weren't or, or whatnot. This was the first year that everything was either net zero or better. He was lethal. Not too much else to say. Turned into not only one of our best relievers, but again, one of the best relievers in the game of baseball this season, whether you like it or not. He was phenomenal. So shout out to Big Joe. We'll talk about the future of the bullpen, future of Jose Zanero and Joe Jimenez right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. So we talked Joe Jimenez. We talked Jose Cisnero. Let's talk about the futures of both of them uh, and where they stand in the pen. Look, Joe... Um, I, at the trade deadline, I made my, my trade deadline reaction video, right? And, and we came on here and we talked about how I, I thought it was pretty ridiculous that Joe Jimenez was still on the team in the second half of the season. Uh, I don't shy away from that and I don't disagree with trade deadline me. Um, not because of anything Joe Jimenez has done. He, again, was phenomenal and one was, was one of the better relievers in the game of baseball this season. Certainly is not um, indicative of him. However, just where the team stood and the fact that he is going into his last year of team control, I wanted some creativity, whether it was Andrew Chafin, whether it was Joe Jimenez, uh, whether it was Gregory Soto, I wanted some, our most valuable assets at the deadline were the bullpen. And the fact that we only got rid of the half-year rental that was worth pretty much nothing because it's a half-year rental of a righty reliever, that's why we got nothing at the trade deadline for anything, right? So Sawyer Gibson Long has, has a couple of nice starts. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but... You can get more when you are more creative. You can get more at the deadline when you trade dudes that have more than just half a season or a year of team control. Joe Jimenez at the deadline had a year and a half of control left, and it was comfortably the best year of his career. And so I didn't understand, and I, I again, stand by this, didn't understand why with a year and a half of control of a dude having a career year that you're not guaranteed to replicate, why on earth we would hold on to him? The fact of the matter is, none of that matters because we didn't trade him, and he's here now. So, who cares? <laughs> who cares? He's here now. He's on the team. Um, 
I I don't think that this is like uh, the biggest lock on the team to be back next year because at the end of the day, he still is a reliever coming off of a career year uh, that has a year a season of team control left. So there's like a slim chance that we shop around and go, oh, like, yeah, you know, take here. Here you go. Here's Joe Jimenez. Give us some like, you know, overpay with some top prospects. But I don't expect that. I fully expect Joe Jimenez to be on this team next year. He is a dominate the strike zone guy. Struck out everyone. Didn't walk anyone. Sounds like a poster child for a Scott Harris bullpen. So Joe Jimenez is not going anywhere. He will be on this team. The, uh, percentage, um, 70. There you go. We'll leave some some wiggle room for a potential trade. Maybe even 75. Sure. Like, he'll he'll be here. Like, I'm, I'm not uh, – again, I'm saving, like, the top 20% for, like, the top prospects and the dudes who are under contract long-term. So, yeah. Like, he'll he'll be here. I'm not trying to turn this into a conversation of, like, oh, 30% of me thinks. Like, no. He'll, he'll be on the team. So, we'll, we'll do a 75%. We'll give myself a, a, a nice 25% of, uh, of wiggle room if he gets traded so I don't look dumb. But he'll be here. Um, Long term is more of the question with Joe Jimenez. Because I personally, and I have said this before, and a decent number of people disagree with me. Some people agree with me, though. I am not a big pay relievers guy. I'm not. Uh, when and, and I'm... Let's just go down what I mean. Save your judgment until I finish this spiel, okay? I am not a big pay relievers a ton of money guy. Obviously, I lived through the early 2010 Detroit Tigers. I am a big put-together-a-competent-bullpen dude. And if that means you have to go out and sign several free agent relievers, then freaking do it, okay? I'm not saying, oh, we just are always going to get relievers from within and that should just be it. No. Like the Andrew Chafin deal, perfect example. Not a huge contract, two years with an option after one. Beautiful, right? Absolutely beautiful. He's established in his 30s. You know what you're getting out of him. You know he's going to be good. He played here for a year. He was good, right? Poster child, right there. Those are the kind of of reliever contracts I'm okay. I am not a big, you know, spend 10 plus mil AAV on a a reliever. Or certainly not that much money on a non-reliever, right? So when it comes to Joe's future, if he was to replicate what he did this season in the first half, of 2023 and the Tigers are bad again, he's probably going to get moved. If he struggles and goes back to pretty much any other year in his career, maybe, well, the all-star year, he was, he was okay in the first half. He was pretty solid. I, he was solid in the first half of 2018. Was that? So if he kind of reverts back to the norm and regresses, and the Tigers are good or bad. I guess maybe you just sell him. He's a rental at that point. You don't have any long-term plans for him. You do whatever you can. I, I guess you move him in 2023 at the deadline if he's if he's struggling. If he's doing well 
and the Tigers are good, then what do you do? Then what do you do? Because you can extend him, but I'm not a huge pay a ton of money for relievers guy. Especially, I don't know. I, I go back and forth a lot. Uh, as you can see, I'm kind of thinking out loud and, and trying to navigate my way through this. But he's 27 now. Next year, he'll be 28. That means if you extend him the first year of the contract extension, he'll be 29 years old. And relievers are like goalies if you're into hockey. They are so all over the place and unpredictable and somewhat random that it, it, it's really hard for me to justify paying up big bucks for a reliever. Now, 2023 will have a lot to do with my opinion on extending Joe Jimenez past this season or not. because Next season, rather, or not. Because at the end of the day, if he's not good next year, then we just look back and go, okay, this dude's had one good season, pretty much, full season. In his career, that's all there is to it. He, he's in his late 20s now. He's going to be 28 after next season, and, and he'll have like one really solid season. That This isn't a conversation. And we'll just look back at the trade deadline and think what could have been. But I expect him to be good again. Like I said earlier, I, I expect him to be good. So... That's where it gets a little shaky. If it's a Chafin-esque deal, fine. Bring it on. Give me give me good Joe Jimenez for the foreseeable future. Beauty. Um, if it's anything more than that, it's going to take some convincing of me. Uh, to me, rather. And it all comes down to really how he performs in 2023. Jose Cisnero is... Really weird. <laughs> I know I spent pretty much the entire first segment saying that, but it, it is. He he is genuinely really weird. Um, well, I'm sure he's a great guy. His situation is really weird. I don't think he's going to be a very high priority. He's what 33, going to be 34. Yeah, he'll be 34 at the start of next season. When you're talking about the dominate the strike zone thing. I don't want to be a broken record and I don't want to just use that as the end all be all. I don't want to use one con one conversation, one quote from an introductory press conference as like, uh, you know, this is gospel and everything has to revolve around this quote. Not what I'm trying to do, but he walked a boatload of people. His walk rate was ridiculously high. Ridiculously high. Okay. So I think that, man, but he had a one ERA. I, I've really gone back and forth on this a lot. I don't think that, that Cisnero is going to be a top priority in the offseason, but I don't also think that they're going to be like pushing to get him out of here in the same breath. He still has a year of team control, like we said. I mean, for as much – like Gregory Soto, just for reference, Gregory Soto's walk per nine this year – the dude that everybody says is the most like, you know, like worst command I've ever seen. He's terrible. He's inconsistent. 507 walk per nine this season. <laughs> Jose Cisneros was 684. Sample size, absolutely. But that's that's absurdly high. So 
34 years old, coming off of big injury, walking a ton of batters, not getting swings and misses anymore. There's a lot going against the dude, and the only thing that's really you have to hold on to in an argument for him is he had a 108 ERA in, in 25 innings. That's pretty much it. That's it's it's everything else that I've said. It's all these other, you know, ten other points going against him versus one point, and it's one point oh eight ERA. I'm gonna go with a forty five percent chance that Jose Cisnero is back next season. Gonna put it just over half that he's gone, but I don't think it's gonna be a high priority to get rid of him either. So I, I think. I'll put it just over 50% for Cisnero. And then for, yeah, Joe, I already said, like 75%. Joe Jimenez will be back. I the, the, the conversation with Joe that's fascinating is what to do after 2023, not to do what in 2023. He should be back on the opening day roster in 2023. He will be back on the opening day roster. It's going forward. That's a fascinating conversation. And we'll get into that at whatever. As the offseason goes on, as next season, we'll certainly talk about it as it becomes more and more of an issue. But that will be something that will rear its ugly head up at some point. Because unless they just extend him now, I guess. They just go, you know, forget arbitration. Let's just extend you right now, Joe. I don't know. We'll see. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Uh, for your next listen, check out the Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. That's all I got for y'all. Uh, keep an eye out for today. Might be doing a fun thing with some other cool Detroit Tigers media people. So keep an eye out um, on the socials and everything on Thursday. It'll, yeah, should be, should be a fun time. So keep an eye out that once it's like done. And like, I know that it happened. I'll, I'll talk about it and promote it and everything uh, later this week on the show. But for now, yeah, just keep an eye out. Should be, should be a fun time. Okay. We did some pictures. Thank goodness. Uh, I want to do Erod soon. I also want to do Akil Badu soon. I don't know. There's a lot more conversations to be had. We're not even close to being done. <laughs> not even close. And then after we finish or get, I think probably after we finish the player profiles, then we'll get into, I really want to do everything I was wrong about and everything I was right about. And then hopefully by the time that's all done, we'll be, off-season will be kicking off, and we can start having some conversations about non-tenders, about extensions, about free agency, etc. It's not too far away. A couple of weeks. So, peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch all of y'all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.